Dawn Ennis. And I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. You're in the transporter room. Carly, it finally happened. Something good happened in 2020. On Saturday, we all got the news. Joe Biden is president-elect. Number 46. Wow. Joe Biden won? Like you I thought, know. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about Clemson losing the Notre Dame or Northwestern beating Nebraska. But no, oh, sir. Oh, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I love the Fighting Irish, but I love seeing the Tigers win. Hey, I'm. Well, here's the thing. I'm. No, actually, I knew about it. I tell us how you found out about it. How did you find out the news? I was riding my bike. Oh. I, was, I was riding my bike, and then. I heard I heard the notifications go off on my phone and I stopped and looked at the phone and said, Joe Biden, CNN projects Joe Biden wins in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden is now president elect of the United States. And the funny thing is. I was around some other people that also found out the news and I just heard this couple together and they were like high fiving going, yes. A lot of people are very happy. I think so too. I was in my garage. I had just seconds before. I literally turned on the TV at like 11.25 and it came down 11.26. I was in my garage. Beautiful day. I was cleaning and I get a, a, a text message from Charlotte Clymer, formerly of Human Rights Campaign. Right. Joe Biden is president-elect of all the little happy emoticons and everything. And I started yelling and I got my son and he was like, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> and the neighbor across the street, he stopped raking his leaves, and we were like, "This is so great!" And I went out. You know what I did? I put the American flag in front of my house, hanging from our flagpole. Usually, I have a Black Lives Matter flag flying there, but I thought, "All right, I'll put the flag American flag out." And he said, "You know what? I am proud to be an American today." My neighbor said, "Well, that's a good thing." But I'll t- but I will tell you, I'm proud. Oh, here it comes. I'm proud of I'm proud of my country every four years that we do engage in this exercise. Yes. That we do engage in this exercise where ultimately the people speak. Well, unfortunately, one person is kind of getting in the way of that right now. <laughs> well, he's in a little state called denial. <laughs> yeah. How many electoral votes does denial have? I'm just wondering. Is he asking for a recount from the state of denial too? I'm just, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, this is, I am, I'm very, this concern, I am very concerned and I think everyone should be concerned because the whole point of the, the whole point of this exercise is, is that, and this just goes back again to something, to the main thing that has always bothered me in four years of Donald Trump as president. What's that? When Trump, when Trump, one, it was when Trump won in 2016. Now, I can accept the fact that he won. I didn't like it, but I can accept the fact. But here's the thing. It wasn't so much that they won. It's, it's the manner in which they acted after the win. Oh, yeah. They showed the no yeah. they, No, they showed no grace. Oh, I know. No I know. Class. What do you expect from these people? Oh. I understand that. But still, but and 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 he's he's going out the way he came in without yeah. any class and without any couth. And quite frankly, as a transgender American in this country, I'm glad he's leaving. 
I'm glad Betsy DeVos is leaving. I'm and glad Ben Carson's yeah. race is leaving. I'm glad that this group of abject transphobes are leaving. I'm also glad about something else. And, and Dawn, I know you, you're not a big fan of partisan politics, but there is one thing I'm very happy about since we What's live that? in Connecticut. There are, nine few, there are nine fewer Republican transphobes in our state assembly now. That's true. And the reason I, I say do. that is, remember, yeah. just a note to the Connecticut Republicans, demonizing transgender youth to raise campaign cash really didn't work for you, didn't. Don't do it again. That's it. Elections have consequences. One more thing on this whole election thing before we move on, because we are going to move on. It's not all about politics. I know there are a lot of people who just don't want to hear anymore, but I have to say this. The thing that really irks me is that there are people out there, like Pete Buttigieg, saying, reach out to someone who voted the other way. Extend a hand. Maybe don't talk politics. Just check in to see how they're doing. If I do that, if I take the high road, if I take Michelle's path of when they go low, we go high, they're going to throw it in my face. The election was stolen. Joe Biden is a criminal. Joe Biden's a socialist, which is such BS. And they're not going to be... Take it from a real socialist. He's not one. (laughs) I know. I know. You know. But they're going to not accept this holding out of hands and they want us dead they want us detransitioned they want us to not exist or to to be marginalized even further than we already are so i'm not ready to put my hand out there just yet maybe by new year's let's just see what the next couple of weeks bring because right now they're denying reality and that's what we've been dealing with for four years are people who deny climate change deny covid deny unemployment deny racism they're in denial so what is a surprise that they are um following a leader who is in denial enough about politics that's my last word on that you know Mm -hmm. i read an article on outsports.com that came out just yesterday and it's all about a boy named bobby and if you don't mind carly would you set coordinates for the seattle area i heard his mom is ready to beam up to the transporter room Set coordinates for the Seattle area of Washington State. Setting coordinates for the Emerald City. And Eleanor Jones, you've been beamed up to the transporter room. Welcome. Welcome. Yay. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Carly. Thanks for having me. So Bobby is 13. Yes. And he plays soccer. But there are some arbitrary rules that kept him from being part of the whole experience. I heard he got a waiver because Bobby's transgender. Tell us a little bit about Bobby. Yeah. So Bobby is our oldest son. Uh, Like you said, he's 13. He's been playing soccer since he was two. I have very fond (laughs) memories and images of him as a toddler you know, with this group bunch kind of chasing the ball around. Little did we know that this would inspire and spark this passion for him through the rest of his life. So Bobby plays for a club in the Bellevue area of Seattle, uh, Titans FC. And when Bobby disclosed to us earlier this summer that he was transgender, 
one of the first things he asked us was, can I play on the boys team? And we said, absolutely. Let's, let's call the club. Let's see what we can do. Um, the club was really supportive and, and wanted to make that transition for Bobby to the boys team. However, the, the club is governed by a bigger league and the league Puget Sound Premier League had um, at the time no policy in place to support transgender players being on teams that aligned with their genders. And so while Bobby could practice on the boys team, when it came to game day, he would have to either sit out games or play back on his former team, the girls team. And this was extremely upsetting to Bobby because he said, look, mom, I am not a girl. And if they make me play on the girls team, I'm going to quit. And so as a parent, that was really concerning because this is such a passion of his and something that he enjoys doing. And uh, so we got to work right away to see what we could do in working with the league and the club to see about um, making this so it wasn't an additional hurdle for Bobby to overcome. So fast forward just a couple of months, we've been working really hard with the, the league. He got a conditional waiver um, that said that he could play for the season on the boys team. And then just recently last week, we found out from the club that the, the league has now a transgender policy in place, which on the surface sounds great. But when you look at the policy uh, a little closer, you can see that there is still discrimination and lack of inclusion. And so we are really wanting to work with the league yet again to further refine this new uh, transgender policy. Now, speaking of that policy, because I have it right in front of me, what are what are the major what are some of the sticking points that you have with it? Yes. So the first sticking point is that they're asking for a um, like a waiting period for. So if, if a player comes out and um, says that they're transgender and they want to make the switch, they have to give the club and the league eight weeks notice ahead of time. So uh, when Bobby first uh, um, tried out for the team, I think it was a Tuesday on Thursday, he was on the girls team. So this is something that is not um, consistent for all players. The second sticking point is also that the families have to provide documentation from a physical uh, doctor or from a mental health care uh, professional. And for us, that's, that's a big sticking point for a couple of reasons. First of all, we acknowledge that our family has the resources to provide that documentation uh, if it was needed. And secondly, Bobby is very open about his journey. He wants to be visible. He wants to use his voice in this advocacy role, but not all trans youth want to do that and nor should they have to. So those are the two um, big sticking points with this new transgender policy that the league has created. Eleanor, isn't there also a point, wouldn't you think that they would consult an expert or maybe the mom and dad of an actual trans person before they wrote such a policy? I mean, are there a lot of trans kids that they can just call up and say, hey, Sally or Jonathan, would you please tell us about your transness? I mean, you didn't even get a call, did you? No, we didn't at all. And and early on in this, we reached out to the league and said, we are we are willing as a family to work with you. We are willing to hire advocates to come in who work with youth in the in the trans community to provide some information. And none of that was accepted. 
Now, one thing, Titans FC has been through this before, and they've been and they've been down this path with the Puget Sound League before Bobby came. Bobby came into the issue. What was the result of that? So we were told about a year before Bobby came out that another player um, had disclosed that they were trans and wanted to make the switch over. And then when the Titans told them about the league's non-existent trans policy and what would be happening, that player and their family left soccer altogether. And so that's really heartbreaking. Um, And we wanted to be sure that that would not be happening again. Part of the work that we're doing is for Bobby And now that this new trans policy is in place, it's grandfathered Bobby in. But the greater work still to be done is that this transcends to all players, all trans players within the league and their families. Trans youth face so many barriers. Sports at this age, youth, competitive, we're just playing, we're not at an elite level. It shouldn't be an issue. And so that's what we keep saying is why are we making this more difficult for them than it needs to be? Now for for yourself, what was the point for you when you said, oh no, they're not going to do this, not to my child. It's not going to go down like this because there is something that your son said. And I want to quote this. I want to quote this here because I mean, coming from anyone, it's a strong statement, but coming from someone who thir- who's 13, you, re- you really listen to it and you really, and people really have to hear these words. You have to stand up for what you believe in or change is never going to happen. What was that point for you when you said, I've got to back my kid on this 100% and go to the wall for this? The moment when my son said he wanted to play on the boys team because that's what he identified with. It was like, whatever you need, we're going to do it. If you have the braveness and the boldness to honor and embrace your genuine self, then you can bet your father and I are going to stand alongside you all the way. And you've received some amazing support. Tell us a little bit about the professional soccer player who came to help Bobby and show Bobby some little tricks and tips. Yes. So we were really fortunate to have an experience with Brad Evans, and he's a former player and team captain for the Seattle Sounders. They got together on a typical rainy fall Seattle day and shot some goals at each other. And and Brad shared some strategies with him and signed a jersey and, and shared some cleats from another player on the team. And, and Brad spoke to the media, too, about uh, the importance of inclusion and in sports. And, and soccer is the world's sport. And so uh, we have to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to include all within, within the sports realm. And so that was a really powerful moment for Bobby to see that he was getting this love and support um, from, from Brad and the Sounders. That's awesome. And let me just say, A testament to both you and your husband. There are so many trans kids who don't have supportive parents like yours. There are so many kids who are afraid to come out because they're afraid their parents might kick them out of their house. Or worse, encourage them to end their lives. I mean, suicide is a real deal. Ideation, attempts, cutting, self-harm. And we'll provide resources to all the listeners who are 
considering that kind of action because you're communicating here with two women who have been at the darkest parts of our lives. I'm glad that Bobby has you two to turn to to know that you've got his back. Would you tell us a little bit about what it was like as a cisgender parent to hear your child say they are transgender? Well, in the moment that it happened, it was uh, a bit shocking. But given uh, our experiences with Bobby growing up, it, it wasn't um, totally out of left field. Our main concern was for his safety and what that meant for his life trajectory um, as far as where this path would take him. And, and the fact that we um, at the time had very uh, little knowledge about it and just wanting to be uh, the most supportive. I will tell you as his mother, now that he is um, able to be his most authentic self, I've never seen my son so light and, and, and himself and free and happy. And to me, um, you know, when, when they placed him in my arms the day he was born, they granted me this amazing privilege uh, to, to raise him and love him and, and nurture him. And, and I could not be more proud to be his mother uh, in the fact that, that he's himself and that he's so willing to share his story and to help others. And um, as, as much as, you know, your very kind compliments that, that I'm his mother, he's my son and he's done so many remarkable things for my life and will continue for the rest of my life. So he's, he's a, he's a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I'm beyond privileged to be his mama. Well, I can tell you, I can back up um, Dawn on her feelings. Um, I do a lot of work with trans lifeline and I get a lot. Uh, I hear from a lot of youth who talk about, my parents have kicked me out. My parents don't accept me. My parents can't get a pronoun right. What? I'm just going to, I want you to put on the, the parent who gets it hat for a second. What are some things that you can tell other parents who are in this similar situation, and especially at that beginning to kind of shepherd them through it and make them realize that, no, this is your, this is your child here and you have to step up. What are some things that you can pass along that help move you and your husband forward? Well, I think uh, one of the things is is to honor Bobby's name and pronouns. That is huge. And in the beginning, that's difficult because I had a different name and pronoun for this beautiful boy for 13 years. But that's important. I think it's also important to to acknowledge that everybody's um, stage in this it takes a different um, time. So, um, you know, my path and, and, and my journey is, is different. And the same thing with Bobby too, right? There's no one path or journey or time frame. And the other thing that I've had to acknowledge as well is that there is a bit of, of grieving, of a grieving of, of one um, that has, um, is gone, but this incredible new human who's really coming to their own and is their most, most authentic self. Um, and then talking to your kid, talking just in the, in the small moments, what do you need? How can I support you? If they want to talk to you about things like medically transitioning, just listen, even though it may be scary and in your mind, you may be thinking, um, 
you know, I don't know if I can do this, but just be there and to listen. And it's okay to grieve and be sad, but do it on your own. Don't do that in front of your kid because they don't need to feel that weight of that responsibility on you. You can have those feelings, but just keep it off to the side in your own personal parent moments. Those are all great tips. What about other parents? I imagine that there's got to be at least one person who either to your face or behind your back suggested that maybe you had something to do with Bobby being trans. And if not, if it hasn't happened to you, I wonder what you'd say to such a parent. What would you say to somebody who thinks that you have this power over your child to change their gender? Yeah. And, and that's happened. Um, and you know, sadly it's happened from family. Um, and what I say is that I I don't define the trajectory of my child's life. I just sit back and support and stand in awe of what they do. So if this is what they're telling me is their path and where, what they need with support, then just like anything, I'm going to be there and, and make sure that I provide that support for them. That, that sort of brings me to a, a question. <clears throat> this is a hard one. People will say that Bobby's too young, that Bobby can't make a decision like this. It's too important a decision for someone who's not yet fully formed in their brain, which we know develops until the early 20s, 25. Is there any doubt in your mind, in Bobby's mind, that this is just a trend or a phase, or something that Bobby is trying on. Here's what I say to that. First of all, I know my child. And I know in in thinking back to his childhood, even at the age of four, when I asked him to wear a flower blouse and he lost his mind. Um, now this makes sense, right? Um, this is This is not a phase for Bobby. Bobby suffers with gender dysphoria. And I can tell you that when my son is having a panic attack because, and he's weeping on the floor in a ball because he doesn't want to go to soccer practice because he has to wear layers of upper body protection, um, this is not a phase for him. And even if it were a phase and he told me tomorrow, hey, mom, you know, that this isn't going to be my path anymore. Well, at least... I've given him unconditional support and love with what he's doing. Now, one thing now with it, now with, with the things that have gone on recently, um, unfortunately you're in the debate. You're in the, you're in now the debate about trans youth, trans youth playing sports. What are some of the thoughts on what, on some of the other things you may have heard about here just one state away over in Idaho, there's a lot, there's a lawsuit being fought halfway. I mean, at the other end of this continent in Connecticut, um, a lobbying group with a lot of doubt, with a lot of dollars and a lot of political sway, put a lawsuit on two transgender high school students who just want to compete for their school as a parent. And as somebody who's in the issue now, what are your thoughts on some of the other things you may have seen or read in this landscape. 
Now, you didn't sign up for this, did you? <laughs> yes, I, I, I didn't, but I'm embracing it and we're we're going to be strong through it together. Yes, I think yeah, I've heard about these things. I think it's absolutely absurd. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. One thing that I have discovered in this journey is we have such an amazing support system and there are so many people out there who support Bobby and who are like-minded in their thinking around empathy and compassion and rights for all. So while this journey may not be easy and it won't be short and it won't be long. What we tell Bobby is social issues of social justice. They're, they're not a sprint. They're a marathon. And so we're going to get our marathon shoes on and we're going to keep plugging away at it every day because we are on the side of right. And nobody, nobody can ever tell us that we're not doing the right work. So we're going to continue to do that. Now, one thing Play Bobby plays soccer in one of the most soccer mad parts of our country. I mean, the, the Sounders are, I mean, the Sounders right now are second. Maybe if you had to rate the teams in Seattle, the, Seattle, the Sounders are definitely battling the Storm and the Seahawks for the team that runs the city. It's a definite close race. What do it mean for you to have that first, the type of support from the club for Brad Evans to come over, but also to have fans? Because there's been a lot of Twitter traffic from fans, the, the Sounders fan club, different fans across the, uh, across the Seattle metro who have, said, let, who have said, hashtag, let Bobby play. What did it mean to have that kind of support, especially from the soccer community in the, in the metro of Seattle? It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And like I mentioned before, we didn't know we had this kind of support until we reached out, until Bobby shared his story. And so um, it it brought a smile to my son's face that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Um, just the fact that he could be out on the, the pitch and being his authentic self and that people were high-fiving him and praising him. And and it was it was wonderful. And, and that kind of visibility is important. Uh, it's important to Bobby. And it's important to our community. Well, it's that time of the podcast where we have to take a little break. But when we come back, I want to ask you one more question. Just like Jazz Jennings, siblings are also transitioning when a child transitions. And we're going to hear about Bobby's siblings coming up on the outside of this break. You're in the transporter room. And we're back here at the transporter room. Eleanor Jones is with us today. Eleanor, whose son Bobby fought for his right to be on the pitch out in Seattle and won. And we're talking about how he did it and the kind of support he got. But also, Don wants to ask something important about, about what things were like in Team Jones. Don? Well, I imagine that having watched Jazz and met Jazz Jennings and seen her brothers stand up for their now sister, that there might have been either some tension or maybe an outpouring of support in your household. How did it go, Eleanor? So uh, we have an 11-year-old son, Hudson, Bobby's younger brother. And when I think about Bobby and his ability to be courageous and brave and bold, I get teary-eyed. And when I think about my Hudson, who shows empathy and compassion and support beyond measure for his 11-year-old life to his brother, Bobby, it 
just makes my heart just gush. When Bobby disclosed to us around the dinner table, Hudson looked at Bobby, tapped him on the shoulder and said, bro, I support you 1000%. (laughs) And if anybody ever tries to mess with you, you got me on your side. And um, I need to take a break. I cry at the opening of a door, but this is (laughs) too much. Wow. 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 We are just incredibly fortunate to watch these two humans uh, grow up every day. And, And the fact that that Bobby is Bobby and Hudson just loves and supports him and, and has this deep uh, and abiding, abiding compassion and love for him and empathy. It's, it's been amazing for, for our entire family. Well, one question that's on my mind is Bobby. I, I can bet that Bobby has been itching to get, but to get it, to be ready to defend the net for the Titans except for one little hitch coronavirus permitting what has this time been like not only dealing with just the right to play but also just dealing with a chance to play what's it been like like just that anticipation of when will i finally get to play well he's ready to go and i can tell you his teammates love him at keeper position Um, And luckily in our area, they've been able to practice a couple of times a week. So that is helping control that itch. But um, I'm thrilled when the games start back up again and I see him. He's a his jersey is number one. And I and I say, hashtag my kid is number one. No, I mean it. Really? He is. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's number one. So what about school? Um, If I remember correctly, 13 is middle school. Yes, he's in eighth grade. And how's that going as far as the transition and everything? School supportive? And do you think high school will be any different? School is amazingly supportive. They have been one of the constant most supportive. From day one, they changed his his name to his preferred name. They changed his pronouns, let his teachers know. They've been incredible. Um, we are all in the remote learning, so, so he's home um, now. Um, but I assume that his transition to high school will um, also be a smooth one, um, considering how far he's kind of moving along with his medical uh, piece of his transitioning too. Now, one thing, going back to going back to the things on the pitch, what is the next step as far as yourself, for example, and the league? Because like we said earlier, there's a this is a start. This policy is a start, but it could use some fine tuning. <clears throat> kind of what's the what's the timetable on that? What are the next steps? What are we going to be seeing in the in the months to come as, and hopefully when we're finally back on the pitch and playing again, coronavirus permitting. Yeah. So right now we're really um, taking all of our energy and focusing on how we can make this policy more inclusive to all. We want Bobby to play on his team. We want Bobby to be treated like a, like a male player on any team. And we want to make the process uh, smoother and simpler for other um, trans athletes that come through. You know, the, the league governs something like 60 teams in the area. And if you think about, you know, the, the amount of players on each team, both boys and girls, we're talking about hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand uh, students in the area or players in the area. And so while Bobby may be the first to be open uh, about his um, 
his journey and his transition, he certainly is not going to be the last. And so we want Bobby's lasting legacy to be this policy that makes it easier for all to come through after him. And that's really an amazing sign of what your son is all about, that he thinks of others before himself. We have a slogan in Outsports that courage is contagious, and he's a living example of that. I'd like to know, though, about you two, because you're also trailblazers, and there is a lot of online support. There are Facebook groups. I was wondering, have you found that support? Are those folks reaching out to help you? Because otherwise, you might feel very alone. Yes, I found amazing support groups on Facebook. Also, um, I have found a lot of support through transfamilies.org and, and genderdiversity.org and, and their organizer, Aiden Key, has been um, an advocate for our family and given uh, us tons of advice and, and lent an ear. And so I think you're right, reaching out to others and hearing others' journeys. Sometimes <clears throat> when your child is going through this, especially in this age of corona, it almost feels very isolating that it's just something that your family is dealing with. And so having the ability to talk to other parents um, and, and bounce ideas off or share experiences makes it much more of a community sense. And then you don't feel that strong sense of you're doing this alone and it's only happening to your child. So those have been wonderful resources for us. As you know, you're on the transporter room. Which means not only do we talk about sports, we sprinkle in a little bit of science fiction into this. And you did tell us in the green room before the show, you're a family of Trekkers. So what are you vibing on right now as far as Trek goes? Because there's a lot of new Trek out there now, and there's a lot more to come. Yes. Well, while we are excited about the new and looking forward to what's to come, we are big Next Generation fans, and JL is just one of our favorite humans. Um, and so we have probably, as a family, rewatched you know those multiple seasons over and over and over again. I take it the kids are watching too. Yes, That's of course. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, my, my my kids tolerate my trekness um, uh, less than they tra- tolerate me being trans. Trans is just what I am, but Trek is like, oh, roll the eyes. <laughs> But, you know, I'm very excited because the new show, Discovery, now has a transgender character played by a transgender actor. And there's a non-binary character played by a non-binary actor. And I just think that is an exciting development. For people like Carly and me, we've never been able to have that experience where we see someone like us on the screen. And you just hope it gets better and better from here. You do. And it's about that visibility piece, right? And it's, it's great that, that Bobby, uh, you know, gets to see uh, people who are having the same journeys and life experiences as him. That's a, that's a powerful thing when you can see yourself uh, in a, in another platform. Okay. Next generation fan favorite episode. Oh my goodness. The one where um, data is on trial because they want to see, you know, whether the they're head. Yeah, <laughs> that is, you know, a really powerful one and brings up a lot of emotions where, um, you know, Riker has to, you know, be one of the lawyers and, and you think, how is this going to go? And so, yes, that's, that's a good one. Then I'm going to ask um, the one, the one character from next generation You'd love to sit down and have dinner with. 
Oh my, well, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. <laughs> With some French Picard wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just wondering, oh. quickly, did you see Picard? Have you had a chance to, to check out the Picard series yet? We have started to watch it. We haven't gotten too far into it. but It's very uh, adult, though. It's adult-themed. I don't know if it's right for the family. Yeah. 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 Well, we have a minute left. I just want to take that time to say thank you for being the mom you are. Please thank your husband for being the dad he is. We don't have that kind of family history, unfortunately. And I'm hoping that there are more parents like you and fewer parents like we've had. And um, from one mom to another, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for setting an example. And thanks for joining us in the transporter room. Yes. And also for, for myself, someday when Bobby is the starting goalkeeper for the Sounders, I want tickets. You got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Beamer on back. Back to the Seattle area. And Carly, I'll see you next week in the transporter room. I'll see you, Don. Live long and fun. Steady as she goes. <laughs>